peace to you all who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. The text I will consider this morning comes from the second epistle of Peter, chapter 3, beginning with the third verse as follows. Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willfully forget, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of water and in the water, by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. This is the word of God. In the name of Jesus Christ, who is coming to judge the living and the dead, dear friends in Christ, there have always been people who have scoffed at the Christian faith. But 50 years ago, such people were in a minority here in America. No longer. You young people will have to face a challenge that our generation of Christians did not, that of becoming an increasingly marginalized minority, and yes, being scoffed at because of your faith. But this is a challenge that with God's help you can meet, and Peter tells you why. Because no amount of scoffing and ridicule, says Peter, can change one simple fact, and that fact forms our theme for today. Christ is coming back for judgment. That statement typically prompts one of two reactions. The first is that of the unbelievers. They scoff, willingly forgetting the evidence of the past. When Christ comes back for judgment, the vast majority of people won't be ready. In fact, Peter says, not only will they not be ready, but they'll have spent a lot of their lives making fun of the people who are ready. You say Jesus is coming back to judge the earth? Well, where is he? It's been a long time. Day follows day, year follows year, and nothing ever changes. Nothing ever will. So why worry about judgment day? But there's one glaring error in that logic, and Peter points it out. He says that there was one time in the history of the earth where everything changed, and that was the great flood, by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. Think of how people must have scoffed at pious Noah. Here's this old man, miles from the nearest water, spending years and years building a huge boat. He must have been the joke of the neighborhood. People no doubt ridiculed and made fun of Noah and said that nothing would ever happen. And for a long time, nothing did. Jesus says they ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage, and everything went on as normal. Until when? Until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. And destroyed them all. On that day, all things did not continue as they were. On that day, all things changed and the world was destroyed. Why is that important to us now in 2020? 
because Scripture warns that another big change is on its way, a change that will make the great flood look like a day at the beach. Christ is coming back for judgment. The world that now is, with its ungodly and its scoffers, is reserved for judgment, as Peter says. The heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Yes, Christ is coming back for judgment, and as long as this world endures, unbelievers will scoff as in the days of Noah, willfully forgetting the evidence of the past. But for us believers it needn't be so, may it never be so. Let us be different. Let us take full advantage of this interval before our Lord's return. Let us repent, grateful to escape the judgment to come. What's the reason Jesus has delayed his return as long as he has? It's not because he's slack, Peter says. It's because he's long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The reason is that he's merciful. This period before Christ's return is a time of grace, a time for all people to hear the word of God, repent, and to believe the gospel. Sadly, many people manage to spend all the time while squandering all the grace. There's a story told about W.C. Fields, the vaudeville comedian notorious for his wayward lifestyle. Near the end of his life, he was hospitalized and very ill. A friend came to visit him and was surprised to find him thumbing through a Bible. He asked, what are you doing? Fields replied, I'm looking for loopholes. It's funny in a way, but it's also sad. So many people do the same thing when faced with death. They search frantically but vainly for a way to escape the judgment they know in their bones is coming. Perhaps W.C. Fields' friend was a Christian. I hope so, because then he could have told him there is a loophole, a very big loophole. In fact, the entire Bible is about this loophole, and the loophole's name is Jesus Christ. Jesus came to earth to provide us with a way to escape the judgment to come. It's not the easy way, and it's not the popular way, as Jesus once said, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Do you realize what a blessing belongs to you? You, out of all the multitudes in this world, you have found the narrow gate, the only exit that lets you escape the judgment to come. While countless thousands are perishing in unbelief, God has put faith in your heart to trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior. You know you're a sinner, yes, but you know that God sent Jesus to provide the payment for your sins, and that he did. On that cross-topped hill outside Jerusalem one dark and dreadful Friday, Jesus offered up the one sacrifice that would suffice to cover all your sins. He offered himself. When the last day arrives, we'll all stand before Christ's judgment throne, and there will be no scoffers there. Then, says Paul, at the name of Jesus every knee will bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Christ is coming back for judgment, so let the unbelievers scoff, willfully forgetting the evidence of the past. 
we will not make that mistake. We will follow faithful Noah, serving our Lord Jesus and thanking him with our lives for the unspeakable gift of his saving grace. Amen. If you care to sing a hymn this morning, we will sing hymn 341 from the Lutheran hymnal, the first and last stanzas, stanzas 1 and 5, and I've selected a recording by the Lutheran Quartet to lead us in those two stanzas, and do be aware that there is no warm-up stanza for this hymn. Uh, we just start right in singing with stanza 1. Name of 